Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 71 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Now, these men may say, and often do fall away, not into some particular gross sins of which they were sometime after a sort washed, but into a course of sinning, falling from the very form of godliness, and may so utterly lose those gifts received that they may in the end become very apostates. Yet this is not properly a falling from grace. It is only a falling away from the common graces or gifts of the Spirit, and from those graces which they did seem to have and which the church, out of her charity, did judge them to have. But they fall not from true saving grace, for they never had any. Luke eight eighteen. For if ever they had been, indeed, incorporated into Christ Jesus, and had been sound members of his body, and in this sense had ever been of us, as the Apostle John speaks, then they would never have departed from us, but should no doubt have continued with us. 1 John 2, 19. Number two. Of such Christians as shall persevere. The second sort of those that have given their names to Christ are such as are endued with true justifying faith and saving knowledge, and are renewed in the spirit of their mind, whereby, through the gracious and powerful working of the sanctifying spirit, the word makes a deeper impression upon the will and the affections, causing them not only to taste, but what is much more, to feed and to drink deep of the heavenly gift and of the good word of God, and of the powers of the world to come, so as to digest them unto the very changing and transforming them by the renewing of their minds, Romans 12, 2, and unto the sanctifying of them throughout in their whole man, both in spirit, soul, and body, 1 Thessalonians five twenty three so that Christ is indeed formed in them, and they are become new creatures, 2 Corinthians 5.17, being made partakers of the divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4. Now, concerning these, it is not possible that any of them should fall away, either wholly or forever. Three. How far a Christian may decline in grace and the causes thereof. Yet it must be granted that they may decline and fall back so far as to grieve the good spirit of God and to offend and provoke God very much against them and to make themselves deserving of eternal death. 
they may fall so far as to interrupt the exercise of their faith. Psalm 32, 3. Wound their conscience. Psalm 51, 8 through 11. And may lose for a time the sense of God's favor and may cause him, like a wise and good father, in his just anger, to chide, correct, and threaten them so that they may have cause to think that he will utterly reject them and never receive them into his heavenly kingdom until, by renewing their faith and repentance, they return into the right way and do recover God's loving kindness toward them again. That you may understand and believe this the better, consider what grace God gives unto his elect and how and from what they may fall. Also, you must observe well the difference there is between the sinning of the regenerate and unregenerate, together with the first different condition wherein they stand while they are in their sins. In the first act of conversion, I speak of men of years and discretion. God, by his word, through his Holy Spirit, does infuse a habit of holiness, namely a habit of faith and all other saving graces. Thus, every child of God receives that holy anointing of the Spirit, 1 John 2.20, that which the Spirit calls the seed remaining in him, 1 John 3.9. Secondly, God, by his gracious means and ordinances of the gospel, does increase this habit and these graces. Now, because every man that is truly regenerate carries about with him the body of sin and corruption and lies open daily unto the temptations of the world and the devil, a truly regenerate man may be drawn not only into sins of ignorance and common frailty, but into gross sins, whereby the light and warmth of God's Spirit may be so chilled and darkened that he may break out into presumptuous sins. Yea, upon his negligent use or omission of the means of the spiritual life and strength, God may justly give him over to a fearful declension in grace and backsliding. Yet, the truly regenerate fall only from some degrees of holiness and from certain acts of holiness, but not from the infused habit of holiness that blessed seed ever remains in him. 1 John 3, 9. His falling is either only into particular sins and into much failing in particular good duties, or if it be towards a more general defection, yet it is never universal from the general purpose of well-doing into a general course of evil. For the regenerate man does never so sin as the unregenerate man does, 
although for matter their sins may be alike, yea, sometimes those of the regenerate greater. There is great difference in their sins and manner of sinning. One, regenerate men may sin through ignorance, but they are not willingly and willfully ignorant, as are the unregenerate in some things or other. 2 Peter 3, 5. Two, regenerate men may commit not only the common sins of infirmity into which by reason of the remains of the lusts of the flesh they fall often, such as rash anger, discontent, doubts, fears, dullness, and deadness of heart in spiritual exercises, and inward evil thoughts and motions of all sorts. But they may also commit gross sins, such as an open and direct breach of God's commandments. Yet those are done against their general purpose, as David did, for he had said he would look to his ways, Psalm 39.1, and he had determined to keep God's righteous judgments, Psalm 119.106. Yea, many times they are done against their particular purposes, as Peter's denial of his master, Matthew 26.35. They are not usually contrived or thought on before, but fallen into by occasion or are forced thereunto by the violent corruption of the affections or sensual appetites. Second Samuel eleven two, Second Galatians six one. Second Galatians, don't think so. Moreover, they do not make a trade and custom of sin. These kinds of sins do not pass them any long time unobserved, but are seen, bewailed, confessed to God, and prayed against, and are burdensome and grievous to them, making them to think worse of themselves and to become base in their own eyes because of them. But it is usually directly otherwise with the unregenerate in all these particulars. Genesis twenty-seven forty-one. Micah 2, 1. 3. The regenerate may not only commit sins gross for matter, but presumptuous for manner. Namely, they may commit them not only against knowledge and consent, but with a premeditated deliberation and determination of will, as David did in the murder of Uriah. 2 Samuel 11. 8 through 25. But it is seldom that a child of God does commit presumptuous sins. His general determination in prayer is against them. Psalm nineteen thirteen. It is with much strife and reluctance of will and with little delight and content in comparison. He never sins presumptuously, but when he is drawn there unto or forced thereupon by some overstrong corruption and violent temptation for the time, as David was, 
being over eagerly bent to hide his sin and to save his credit. For if he could by any means have gotten Uriah home to his wife, he would never have caused him to be slain. Second Samuel eleven eight through thirteen. And although presumptuous sins cast him into a deadness and numbness of heart and spirit, in which he may lie for a time speechless and prayerless, as it was with David, yet he feels that all is not well with him, until he have again made his peace with God. Psalm thirty two. 3 and 4, and when he has the ministry of God's powerful word to make him plainly see his sin, then he will humble himself and reform it. Second Samuel twelve eighteen, Psalm 51, 12 and 13. The unregenerate are not so. This concludes episode 71 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.